In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. Matt, if anybody has ever seen Al live since 1989, they have heard Fun Zone. They have heard Fun Zone. Uh, this was recorded during the third recording sessions, along with Gandhi 2. Uh, it was actually recorded under the title Stanley Spadowski's Theme um, before it was renamed Fun Zone. Uh, it was originally written four years earlier for a failed Saturday Night Live replacement show that would have been called Welcome to the Fun Zone. Uh, and the song is played at the beginning of every Weird Al concert. I believe UH Jeff on his first appearance, or no, on his complete Al appearance, told us about the Fun Zone thing. Yes. Because it appears on a magazine cover uh, in a montage scene. And that's that's wild. I love this as like the kickoff to an Al show. Cause it, it it's it's fantastic. I it, mean, it fulfills he, its it, promise. It's fun. <laughs> it's it's super super fun. It also allows like the band to generally do this without Al. So the band come out on stage and they play Fun Zone, and then Al enters towards the end of it, and it's a great little like moment. At least on the Vanity Tour, many shows start exactly like that. Super super great. Like I, I mean, yeah, you know, it's so again we just as we started this, Matt was saying like it's tough to talk about an instrumental. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Super interesting. It is the only instrumental in Al's entire career. Yep. Um, it's a great, great, great piece of music. Did you see, Matt? There is um, somebody digitized the pilot episode of Welcome to the Fun Zone, and it is on YouTube. No. Did you watch it? I didn't get to watch the entire thing, but I watched because it's over an hour long. Um, so the Welcome to the Fun Zone show was supposed to be at one point it was a replacement or even just a competitor for Saturday Night Live. And they wanted it to be a variety show, a, a, a comedic variety show. With It had three hosts. Um, I was not familiar with any of the hosts. They were... Oh, wait, no. One of the hosts was um, was Zucker, the um, who wrote um, uh, Airplane, the, uh, the oh. film filmmaker. Um, okay. There's two of them, David or Jerry. I'm looking right now to confirm which Zucker. This is the reason why I said just Zucker. It was Charles. Wait, okay. is that not, is, is that a different, is he related? That might be a different Zucker. Um, is he unrelated to the other ones? I might have just assumed. Charles Zucker. Um, oh, he wrote Teen Wolf. Oh. <laughs> How about that? And it's funny because he, they, so I, I do too. Um, they they made the joke in it that he is uh, the funny one because the other hosts are just kind of very straight. And he was like, "I'm the I'm the funny one. If I'm talking, you should be laughing." Like he says something like that at the very very early on. But in the in the opening credits, so Al is in it. That's the other great thing about it. You guys have to watch this because the very first thing that happens really in the show after the hosts introduce it is they cut to Al. Doctor Demento is the MC. 
of this show. I'm honestly watching the little bit that I saw made me really, really wish that this thing existed more because it um, looked great. So it says here that they played a music video. They played the I Lost on Jeopardy video on Fun Zone, according to the IMDb Wikipedia. But it's more- a live performance. It's not the music video. Ooh. They actually play it. He and the band play it live. Oh, man. I got to download and this Al thing is, and Al it. is sitting. He's got a synthesizer in front of him, and he's playing the, the keys part because there's no keyboard player at that time. It's just Al. They sound great. Uh, um, a but great it live performance. We were ta- we've talked about this a lot during this UHF series of episodes. We love bad horror movies and horror movie parodies, and it looks like John yes. Candy starred in a sketch called The Golf Course That Dripped Blood, which I That's am right. so invested in. You right absolutely now. must. It is, it's hilarious and ridiculous. The thing that I liked the most about it is in the opening credits, they're introducing everyone, and they introduce, like, coming up in this episode, a comedy video with John Candy. Yeah. They just call it a comedy video. And then when the hosts come around later, they're like, do you guys like comedy videos? <laughs> and the crowd cheers. It's so like, what an incredibly weird way to to present a pre-taped bit. So I'm looking at this cast on IMDb, mm-hmm. which is just chaos. Um, so it has, obviously, Weird Al Yankovic, special guest. Yep. John Candy as himself. John Paragon as himself, who we discussed on the UHF episode. He was Jombie from Pee-wee's Playhouse. He's the son in UHF. Carlos Santana as himself. Booker T. Jones as himself. The fabulous Thunderbirds as themselves. Howie Mandel. This is a crazy cast. Musical guests in this episode are Carlos Santana, (laughs) Booker T. Jones, the fabulous Thunderbirds, and Weird Al. It is amazing. Also, John Carradine and Victoria Jackson show up in it. I have to give credit as well because I didn't catch this in the quick watch that I did of it. But um, one of the other um, hosts is uh, Tawny Moyer, who was in Halloween 2. Oh, nice. I did not catch that when she first introduced herself. I'm now seeing it here. And then the other host is Rusty Cundeef is his name. Okay. And I'm fascinated. He was the director of Tales from the Hood. Oh, nice. Yes. He also uh, was a director on most episodes, it seems, of Chappelle's show when that was uh, on television. He worked with uh, Dave Chappelle a bunch. So actually all of them are are reasonably notable in their own right. They clearly were going for um, for something big here. This is like, I, as best I could tell, what we're watching is kind of an unaired pilot. Or maybe it was a pilot that was it aired. aired. It did air. It aired. And then it just for... never continued. Yeah, so... Um, I'm looking at the director's credits as well, Paul Miller. Um, mostly everything is comedy stuff. He yeah. he directed TV episodes of Ben Stiller's show, Alf, uh, a bunch of stuff, uh, The Nanny, Living Color, whatever. But he did direct a movie, and boy, did he uh, make a choice. He directed John Leguizamo in The Pest in 1997. Wow. <laughs> The past. Oh, my God. That's a movie amazing. that I'm positive I've only ever seen the first five minutes of over and over and over again because I love the rap that kicks off the movie and then I lose interest. I'm sure I've never seen that whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's wow. So, yeah. So there's like I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say big people because now in hindsight, they ha- seem significant. But I mean, they're not they're not huge by the current standards. You, I cut you off earlier when you were talking about the guests, but also in this Howie Mandel, who is there yep. doing his very, very old school now, uh, like prop comedy with a wacky voice bit, which I think a lot of people have forgotten that that was how he Mandel's start now that he's become like a, you know, a, a personality 
he definitely, I believe that the prop comedy was where he like kind of ruined himself by inflating yes. the rubber gloves over his head with his nose and like, I think he actually broke a part of the interior of his nose doing that bit or something really wow. random. See, that I did not know. I, I mean, I could be, listen, I'm pulling from things I heard over 37 years of life. I'm going to actually check to see if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Before. Um, <laughs> while you check that, I'll also run down some other people on the show. Howie Mandel, um, Larry Harmon as Bozo the Clown, the Bozo the Clown people, the Flying Karamazov brothers. Um, it, it's just this like wild um, sketch comedy bit. And then the other funny thing about it is in this episode that did air fun zone is not used yeah. <laughs> al al wrote it for the show and i guess they rejected it um and it wound up not there and they used this other sort of interstitial entrance music which is not nearly as good i don't know what about fun zone they did not like because um it's way way better than what what wound up here but um i guess kind of cool that then al was just sitting on this instrumental piece of music so then when he needed something for uh for UHF, it was just a, it was a no-brainer, probably. Like, let's let's throw that in here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! The... Melody line to uh, Fun Zone is like one of my favorite um, bass warm ups to play. I often will play it on stage doing like a little soundtrack moment. The do 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 do. It's very catchy. And the bass line throughout it is phenomenal too. The bass line is great. This is a, um, a great, it really actually highlights the, uh, the players of the band really, really well. The guitar, it's all just super, super fun. I found a ton. I forgot that like Howie Mandel has like all types of like OCD, ADHD, germaphobe issues. Yes. Um, I knew about the germaphobe stuff. uh, But it said, fans who remember the zany Mandel would run around stage with an inflated rubber glove on his head uh, should be aware that Mandel no longer does this bit in concert. The 76-year-old said, I'm not allowed to do it. I have a doctor's note telling me I can't do it. I uh, perforated a sinus one time while doing it. So yeah. (laughs) That sounds painful. Yeah. He said, I was willing to hurt myself to make strangers laugh, but uh, the doctor didn't agree. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. So. Um, I am also just noticing on Welcome to the Fun Zone, Howie Mandel is credited as a writer. Oh. As well. Um, and this is, is early. This would be 84. He's the voice of Gizmo this year. 
Like it's still pretty early and this is a pre Bobby's world. Howie Mandel. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is definitely very early for him. And you can see if you watch this, this, uh, episode, he is, it's funny, actually the stand, the comedy style is not exactly the same, but it almost reminded me of Bobcat Goldthwaite. Someone else we've talked about a bunch, this very huge personality character just running around going like, rah, rah, like he literally like rolls down the ramp they have on, on stage. Like, and it's just this like, manic larger than life energy that is a huge part of uh his whole you know shtick love it love 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 it yeah um yeah this was a year after his comedy special called the first howie mandel comedy special (laughs) (laughs) well there you have it i mean (laughs) what else can you say about that i you know i dream of being able to name something that dumb like like just yeah I, I think I've told you this before, but when I was in my high school band, you know, the first band you form in high school, sure. we were talking about like, oh, we should go on tour or whatever. <laughs> my guitarist was like, we should call it the first reunion tour. And I was like, what a great name <laughs> for a band's first tour. Um, <laughs> I mean, Fun Zone, we had a fun time talking about it. We did. I, I mean, it makes me wish... There's not, you know, it's kind of surprising if you think about like, so Al was commissioned to do this and then it did not actually happen. We know that he got commissioned to do um, This Is The Life for Johnny Dangerously, right? But there's not that many of those. I mean, maybe we'll discover more as we go through his catalog, but I'm kind of surprised that maybe he just started turning them down that we don't see more of this. Like, he's so good. Like, this is a, you know, okay, they didn't want to use it for whatever reason. That's fine. But like, God, I'd hire Al to make a, instrumental theme song for my show yeah for sure right? i definitely think that it just makes sense like i'm trying to think of other times that al's been commissioned spy hard obviously comes to spy mind hard, sure yeah that's true but the amount of times is really small yeah and, and this is the only one that i know of that is would have been more subtle right because it's like for uh for this is the life they wanted him attached to it, right? This is like him doing it is part of the, it's a cross promotional thing, right? And same for Spy Hard. Like he is elevating this, but to be asked to write an instrumental piece of music as the theme song to a show, that's not about having Weird Al attached to it as much as it is just, oh, you're good at this. Please do this for us. Yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd be curious to know if, if, if how many of those opportunities he's gotten over the years and maybe just seeing them not materialize a few times made him not want to spend too much of his energy making things for other people who may or may not actually use them. That, you know? I mean, that has to be frustrating at a certain point when you, uh, I mean, we hear about that all the time on like bands recording songs for like a movie soundtrack or whatever, and then it gets rejected and then they're just like, well, fuck you. I'm going to put it on my album then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you're lucky, the thing you're asked to do is broad enough that you can repurpose it for your own thing and it doesn't feel out of place. Because sometimes if you're asked to do something very specific, then it doesn't feel like, you know, different artists are going to be different. It might not feel like yours in the same way. It might not feel like something you would do. It might not feel at home on one of your records. But this feels right at home on a, uh, on a Weird Al record. I'm trying to remember uh, what the song is. But on one of the Rivers Cuomo Alone um, home recording releases mm-hmm. is the song he originally wrote for Angus. Um, oh, interesting. and they, and they said, I believe the situation was that they said it was track 10. All right. So on alone is a track called Wanda. 
mm-hmm. and said track 10 Wanda was recorded in 1995, originally intended for the movie Angus. The song was rejected by the film's producers for being too specifically about the plot of the movie. <laughs> Um, so Weezer's You Gave Your Love to Me Softly to me was softly. written instead, which is like weird because I feel like diehard Weezer fans would probably put You Gave Your Love to Me Softly as one of the absolute best songs that the band has ever crafted. And it seems like it was a, oh shit, we still have to write a song because they didn't like this first one thrown yeah. together song, which yeah. is insane. It's funny. Um, I just saw Weezer have just started to play that song again on the tour that they're dude. Their current the tour. When I look this. at their, I've been looking at their setlist FM, and I'm like, I'm I'm mad that I'm missing them when they come to Philly because it's like Weezer, the Weezer fan dream set. It, right it now. seems like they're yeah, they are really doing. I think he is playing a different original. He River Solo is playing like a different song every night. Yeah, like one one night only. He's playing this this kind of rarity track. It seems like that he's been doing that thus far, which is really crazy for a band that kind of seems like. They had fallen into a comfortable, familiar routine with their live shows. Uh, and again, it's tough when you're, uh, you know, Al has the same problem when he's not doing a vanity tour where you have enough big songs in your career and it's it's challenging to insert deep cuts when you feel obligated to play so many. Um, well, it's also, hits. I mean, you're in a band where you guys are blessed that you still really like the song Teenage Dirtbag, but like, sure, I'm sure that when you've been doing something for 30 plus years and you feel like those early songs don't even remotely connect or represent with you, but they're the thing that most represents with the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's you know, a real, yeah, sure. it's a real push and pull at that point where it's like there are <laughs> definitely moments where you're, uh, uh, where you think you go on a tour and you're like, okay, we're gonna do like, you know, just from a weedist perspective, like a very popular song to open the show is Truffles, which is the first song on the first record and has this big sort of build up intro. So we open shows with Truffles a lot. And then at a certain point, you're just like, God, we got to open with anything but Truffles. It's so yeah. like you get so I tired like of it. I like what you've been opening with. The uh, I, I never remember the name of the song, but the, we uh, probably Break It, Don't Buy It. Yes, Break the, It, uh, Don't Buy It. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's a great. Oh, it's a slow build open. It's beautiful. It's yeah, it's it's definitely become a favorite of ours because it's fun to play and also is sort of immediately like subtle and different and interesting in a way where like, I think we sort of disarm an audience right away into immediately realizing like, Oh, this show might not be exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I think but that I still that, like it that I think it succeeds from watching some of your shows from the sidelines. Hey, uh, it seems like it works. There All right. Go. Well, well, maybe we should start opening with fun zone. You should start opening with fun zone. I'm going to uh, pitch that to the band for the next tour. If we open with fun zone, I'm sure I, the weird algorithm, algorithm crowd would love it. <laughs> that would make me so happy because I feel like that would be at an average audience. It would be like, I don't know, like five people yeah. would, would know what I was doing and would would be like losing their minds excited. And everyone else would be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> why why yeah. are they so excited about a song I've never heard? Why, yeah, this guy is incredibly excited for what must be a real obscure weedist track because I've never heard this before. Well, the good news, everybody, is that we will finally be back to ranking uh songs so <laughs> so oh, stay uh, tuned one, uh, one other note from uh, uh, from uh, welcome to the fun zone I wanted to mention uh, another person who is prominently featured in that episode is Mark Wiener oh is on that episode nice. and he is I he love is doing, I, well, he, yeah and I thought to myself when when I saw that I feel like we talked about Wienerville on this show once before and I can't figure I out why we I, would have I don't know why either but we definitely did we did, right? Oh, I know why. I know why. 
Because Huey Lewis was on an episode of Wienerville that I saw as a kid, and we talked about it on the I Want a New Duck episode. Okay, there you go. Uh, that explains it, because I just I saw him pop up, and again, maybe people of our age uh, who grew up watching 90s Nickelodeon would remember the show Wienerville, which was a wildly strange... Uh, he's a puppeteer. He's a comedian and a puppeteer, and he did these the weird like head puppets, which you know is like a human head on top of a puppet body. Maybe even that description would help you remember um, his, his work. Um, but he's on this, a very early version again, like Wienerville didn't start until 93 and this is 80, this is 10 years late, earlier. Yeah, almost, yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's way, way, way early for him. So, uh, that was fun to see. I know what um, I'm watching Wiener. when we finish recording. Cause now I need to watch this pilot. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, again, if I have not made it clear, highly recommended, at least at the time of this recording. I don't think it's going to get taken down or anything like that. If you just go on YouTube and search for Welcome to the Fun Zone, uh, it will pop right up and you can watch the whole thing. A killer I Lost on Jeopardy performance from Al and the band. And you get to watch a comedy video featuring John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're a fan of comedy videos. We love comedy videos here. At we're Weird huge Algorithm. fans. Here, here, we're not afraid to admit how much we like comedy videos. <laughs> <laughs> Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 